How's it going, Danny Field? Not bad, mate. Sweet. Thanks for the uh, hot chocolate. No worries. It's uh, oh, bigger than me, the hot it's chocolate. It's fucking immense. <laughs> it's literally, it is a soup bowl. Yeah, but, uh, you can get some bread with that and they'll be sorted. Mm. Bread with hot chocolate, really? Hmm? Bread? No, 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 no. Bit of soup, though. Bit of soup, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, you'd have to be an absolute I want to have a heart attack now kind of person to want to dip bread into this bad, into this bad boy. No, but what they do, you get, they've had like a deconstructed hot chocolate. How? What is that? So it's like they give you the milk slash cream, whatever it is. There's a syrup you put in, but then you get like a, a stick of chocolate and um, it'd be like really nice chocolate and you stir it into the thing and then it, it creates your hot chocolate. I think Weatherspoons sort of do something, sort of do something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked Weatherspoons as a place to do deconstructed <laughs> hot chocolate. Well, no, it's because you, you get a stick of, um, you get a, a chocolate lollipop in the hot chocolate. Mm. So... In fact, if anything, oh, it's not really deconstructed, it's adding more to the construction of the hot chocolate itself. Which is the most weather spoonsy thing I think you can actually do. But it's cheap though. It That's, is cheap. Because like, if you're going to get like the good, high quality hot chocolates, you've got to pay for the fancy, like, they'll source it all from like weird places that you'd never have heard of. Yeah. I and mean, then if you try and buy the chocolate again yourself, you can't find it. Yeah. Weather spoons, they'll be like a 12. Yeah. <laughs> but it is good hot chocolate though. Like, yeah. I can't deny it. It yeah. is very good hot chocolate. Yeah, I've no idea. Nah, I recommend I've been it. put off by weather spoons. Why? I, well, I suppose hot chocolate's fine, but I've had friends that have worked in like, uh, just the kitchen. Yeah. And I've not heard good stories of, of their time cooking food. Do you tell? No, it's just like the, like they'll leave food for ages and it's like how it's all microwaved and. and uh, like, I, it's not for me. It's not, not for you. me. Not for me, not anymore. I'm it, still gonna. A few years ago, I won't lie, but now I've, uh, I've started to slowly branch out into away from Weatherspoon. <laughs> what, your taste buds have grown, have yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so instead of like. Um... But weirdly, they do do a good fryer. Oh, they do. Because not... it's like. It's disgusting, but it's good. Because if you ever had like a fry up where you go to like countryside, you go to the countryside, they'll do a fry up where it's like all highest quality ingredients, and you have like one bite of a sausage, but because it's actual proper meat, it's so filling within one bite that like you you have there's less on the plate, yeah. and the, the taste is different because it's high quality, but it tastes disgusting. Yeah. Whereas when it's low quality and processed, it's what you used to, so it tastes good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's the weather spoons. We try and steer away from it for the health reasons, but uh, the taste is pretty. Nah, uh, whenever I go, whenever I'm away, um, like Leeds or wherever, seeing friends or gigging or wherever, I'll try or every time to go to a weather spoons and get their American breakfast because it is it's the most unhealthy thing you could ever have. American right? breakfast. Oh yeah. American breakfast. Um, they've got it's um, pan. It's uh, American pancakes, sausages, uh, fried uh, fried eggs, baked um, baked beans. No, not baked beans. No, not baked beans. No, not baked beans. Pancakes. Not baked beans. Yeah, bacon, two fried eggs. Yeah. And I always get um, black pudding and coffee. Black pudding and coffee. And also you dabber it. You lather it with uh, maple syrup. Is that Justin Leeds? What? Is that Justin Leeds? Or is that like Weatherspoons everywhere? Everywhere. 
might have to try it if I fancy a heart attack. Yeah, I can do it. Um, it's a bit like, the, have you ever like a proper Dutch pancake? No. Where they have like, so they'll cook like um, bacon into the pancake, so like little chunks of it. And uh, yeah, so as they fry it up, so when you get the, the pancake out, there's just bacon as part of it. Then they're like, the cheese all over it, so the cheese is melted in, and you get the syrup. Mate, that's like high quality. That is that's high quality breakfast. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, where's that? Um, you have to find like a Dutch restaurant. A Dutch restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Are there any like in? Are there, how many? I've not, had, I've not had any in London. Someone told me about one the other day, but really? I, I, I don't know where it is or what it's called, which is a mistake. Mm. But uh, yeah, you want so, to try? Yeah. Dutch pancakes are the best pancakes. I'm well. I'm gonna look that up actually now once you finish breakfast, lunch, and dinner is the same pancakes. <laughs> That's just insane. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've got a question, man. Uh, was you, you don't mind me asking, was you born here in Impaired? Or was, or yeah, that... yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> you think so? Well, I didn't get like, diagnosed with it until. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I didn't think that would be the first question you would have asked about I'm, what you've gathered from my set. I know, but, I know, I know. Yeah. We're, we're going to get, yeah, we're gonna yeah, get yeah, into yeah. places, don't you worry. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no. I've, um, I think when I was in year one, I got a hearing aid. I used to fall asleep in class in reception in year one, and my teacher um, noticed it because it like when you've got hearing issues, you have poor concentration. So the teachers, she just like experienced, could see that sort of stuff, and uh, reckoned, like told my mum and dad, and recommended me to go to like a doctor's to then go to the hospital. And uh, yeah, when I was in like year one or two, I got given a hearing aid, but I'm pretty like it must have been my whole life that I've been deaf. Yeah. I mean, he was diagnosed later in. Okay. Like, must be like five, six years old, something like that. Okay. How was it like? Just, well, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by it. Like, yeah. did you have to learn sign language, or did you have or lip reading, or? No, 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 no. Because I can still hear. So <laughs> I can lip read. So that's a good story because yeah. so I go to St Mary's Hospital in Paddington and you'd, every year I do like these death tests. Yeah. Um, there'll be somewhere like they put a like headphones over your ear and like every time you hear a beat you have to like press a button. Yeah. Or like when you're really young they give you blocks to play with and you do something with the block. But um, one of the tests was they put me in a room and so this woman's at one end of the room I'm at the other and she whispers almost um, like words and I have to repeat them and I hit a point where I was passing all of the tests when they shoot me and they couldn't work out why and so like they're saying this to my mum like this is dumbfounding guys we don't know what's happened here my mum's had a chat with me goes back to him goes yeah Danny's um, Danny can lip read so they okay. put me in front of a mirror and I was lip reading through these tests and like acing them Yeah. but they didn't realise I was lip, lip reading <laughs> so basically you were cheating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like test to get me a hearing aid. It's not even like a test that's worth passing. No. Like or fake, faking passing. I love to pass the hearing test. <laughs> you know, like, if you fake the test, they just go, okay, your hearing's fine, go out, and then I go and get run over, and that doesn't help me. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had that. I got yeah. I can't live right now. You can't live now for shit. How come? I just stop. I, I think I'm, when I was younger, I must have just done it naturally because yeah. but I didn't know I was deaf. 
I mean, that, I must think like a, a, that must have been like a survival thing for yeah, you. Yeah, like I can just pay attention a bit more. But so I probably can lip read a bit now, but I can lip read to the point where I could fake, I could like pass the text. Like I wouldn't, like I can just sort of roughly work out what's on the stage, but not, not. Wow. The best one is everyone goes, oh, you can lip read, yeah, and I go, yeah, and then they they whisper something so I can't hear it, and it's always, can you hear me? Yeah. And so I, say, oh, I can still lip read. I can still lip read. But in actuality, it's just they well that's just the lack of imagination exactly. of the human race to exactly. be fair isn't it so, so so how did it impact you like in school and stuff um i was i think up until year three like when you do the year three tests yeah i think nowadays there's they don't do year nine tests but they do like year two in year something but when i've done my year three sets i was like two or three years behind everyone with like reading maths writing stuff really? like that i couldn't i didn't learn to speak until i was three years old so i think like most people are like excited that's a good age to be fair Huh? That's a good age to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never stopped since, though. That's the problem. No, you have. <laughs> That's but, why I've got you on it. But, um, um, yeah. What was I saying? Um, you haven't spoken. You yeah, spoke yeah, yeah, like three yeah. years so, Yeah, so I, had, I failed uh, the sets, and uh, they put me in like a special needs group. And I spent like year three to year six doing well. And then I left the primary school that sort of got my education up, went to secondary school, and it went a bit downhill from there. And so I was pretty much every exam going. Oh, so, so, shall we like move? Yeah. 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 It's a bit like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's carry on. Um, Failed every exam going. Failed every exam going. So, yeah, like I left school with one DCSE. So you're like the real life Del Boy. No. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, 
so yeah we're gonna like go traveling uh, like for a year at some point and uh, but i've worked out that once we do that the plan is i'm gonna carry on studying get this access access course done i can go to uni choose a uni get it deferred so I can spend that year as deferred traveling, come back, and then I've got the uni. Hopefully, I've got the I've got three years of uni. Then hopefully, I've got like the student loan that comes with that, part-time job to just top things up, and then I can just spend a lot of time doing comedy yeah. without having to work full time, yeah. and also trying to get a degree so I can eventually go into some and just get a job that I like that probably some, doesn't some, pay off. Some sort of therapy, which we all kind of need. Yeah, well, I want to... be like social work or, or um, social work or some sort of like therapy. But, okay. uh, <laughs> which I, I don't know if most people knew me would really want to get therapy. Maybe <laughs> it'd be more like... A, it'd be more like, I don't know, face with kids, like social work or yeah. something. But... Uh, yeah, that'd be like the eventual plan if comedy doesn't work out. Okay. But yeah, it would be eerie. Like, I would have, if I tried to do this stuff when I was 16, 18, I would have like blocked. Yeah. I, I wasn't like academically driven. Okay. Whereas once you spent 10 years doing every shit job going, you've realised you can get a good education, a good job, things are a little bit easier for you. What's been the shittest job you've had? Um, I mean, I've literally cleaned up shit in a job. So that's, that's pretty shit. That's pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah. Shit job. Shit. Shit by name. Shit by name. I was a cleaner at the Grove Hotel. Um, in, I'm not sure if you actually meant to mention where you work on on these things. Ah, fuck it. Just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was a cleaner at the Grove Hotel uh, for a little bit, and that was like a night. So that was night shift. And I was doing Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. And so that's the weekend gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, two hour journey there, two hour journey back, which Norfolk to Watford you wouldn't think is a two hour journey, but the way it works sometimes is just a bit longer. Um, that was pretty shit. I have dried cutlery for 10 hours a day and just dried cutlery. Dried cutlery? Dried cutlery. How does one do so that? So it comes out of um, like a industrial cleanup, and so this company rent out their cutlery for big events and so it all comes out glasses spoons knives forks it all comes out the industrial clean and as it comes out you have to dry it hand dry it so it doesn't um just so it looks like sparkly as opposed to i can't really remember the exact like technique to yeah. making it sparkle but you just make sure there wasn't you know when you get like the drips on a like when something comes out of like the wash and you still got the drip marks so yeah make sure there's no drip marks and stuff like that but yeah like ten thousand knives forks and spoons in a day just okay? there was at one point where and there's four of us and we're all stood around this point where the cutlery comes out and you have to grab a load and then put it in blah 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 and there would be like consistent hours where we would all just be trying but also staring into space yeah because it was quicker and more fun to zone out and just daydream with that stuff and it was talking to each other oh. Yeah, well, I'm guessing like there's only so much you can talk about. There yeah, is yeah, only yeah. so much you can talk about in that environment. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like that's the most boring job I've done, hands down. 
I can't think of anything more boring. At least with the cleaning, I can like in deep, you did have to work. And they both hotels are nice hotels, like yeah. a mansion. So. Yeah, I've never been, yeah. but like. But so I like, I, it gets to a point sometimes where if you sort of finish for the day, it goes hide in like a big room somewhere and pretend you're working and, uh, and, uh, sweet. that sounds so fun yeah yeah that was uh it's funny because even the boss were doing once like <laughs> the bossy boss came down to the bossy boss came down to like watch out and see if we were um working basically and uh we'd all finish our stuff but the boss didn't want to be given extra work we didn't need to do which you knew the boss his boss would have made him do yeah so he's, he's like danny come with me and we went off, we walked through this door, and it's like this tiny corridor. Nice, the corridor is like a stretch of the world. There's like a meter square to this room. It's one door closed, there's another door open. We closed both doors. He's like, we just stand here, we've got half an hour left on the ship. We're going to avoid the bus. <laughs> there's even like your boss was encouraging you once you finish just to like hide somewhere and don't get caught. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucking sick. Yeah. That's actually so, that's actually so like fun. The flip side is Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Yeah, that's... 11 to 7. Oh, fuck that. I've, uh, I come back on a bus once, and I had these two fellas, like, massively pissed up. They're quite well known in Wolf Park, at least one of them was. <laughs> and, uh... They've got on a bus, and so I'm on the 140, which, like, from Hayes to Heathrow, and on the top deck I'm on, like for me, pretty much everyone is Asian, like South Asian. And these two get on. And so they start shouting to me and asking me for money. I'm like, I've got nothing, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. Then he comes back and starts telling me that he's come out of the hospital. He's like, he's been pissed up, come out of the hospital. He got put in the hospital. Basically, he had a fight with someone like before who was Asian. And he then points at everyone in the bus and goes, I've got put in hospital by their lot. At which point I'm like, just whatever you're gonna do yeah. and say, do it a little bit away from me. From this. <laughs> because if something escalates and it's like a hate crimes committed, yeah. and there's three white people at the back of the bus when only two of them have actually committed, and I was like, yeah. I don't wanna, I don't no. wanna get caught in your shenanigans. No. But he was just, he got off the bus at some point. You saw like yeah, all sorts, all sorts. I got stopped by the police once, um, coming up late at night. They thought I was robbing houses in the south. Because <laughs> there have been loads of robberies there. It's just, yeah. I've had that before, I've had that before. Yeah, you, I mean, I feel like you'd be more likely to get stopped and yeah. like that than me. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Like, yeah, it hasn't happened as... Frequent? Hasn't happened, yeah, it hasn't happened as frequently as some of my friends and stuff. But it is a bit like... It has. It's happened often enough where I just go, all right, just fuck off now. Yeah. Just yeah. absolutely fuck right yeah. off. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I get the guy do a job, but you know, just because I'm walking in an area with a hoodie on or whatever, does not mean that I'm about to go rob yeah. someone. The same with you, to be well, fair. I've only ever been stopped three times in my life. One of them was deserved. Why? Um, the police had reports of three kids with like a paint pen repeating on garages on the estate. Ah. And so we matched the description. We correctly matched that description. <laughs> we were the description. Oh, right. We got rid of like the pens. And, they described you very well, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And so, like, it was like the, the pull your pockets out, like bunnies and oh, like, shit like that. And uh, we didn't have anything fun, and so it was fine. But then another time, I was waiting for the bus with teammates, and there were reports of robberies along like the 282. And um, police rocked up and thought we might have been it, so he was taking us for money. Oh, shit. And then, yeah, that one with the burglary. But that's not that's not that good. Sometimes, if one of them was actually deserved, yeah. technically, only two of them were at site, well, you just stop me because I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah. And I've matched the age group. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, yeah, it's not bad going considering yeah. people get it like yearly. Yearly or day or, or weekly, yeah. You've done quite well for yourself. You've done quite well for yourself. So, alright, you knew we were going to get onto this topic, alright? Yeah. Um, what, when, how old were you when the cancer was diagnosed? 
I wanted to be a writer. Okay. And yeah, I wanted to be a writer, and I always thought like I'd write obviously not for only fools and horses, but I would watch only fools and horses, and I would come up with like scenes and sort of like set up the scenes in my head that would go well in the sitcom. Um, these sort of shows, I don't know, like, anything like Will Ferrell, Ferrell or Ferrell? Will Ferrell. I've never. It's I don't more, know if you go yeah. fancy or non-fancy. It's Will Ferrell. It's Ferrell. Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Like, I just do what the trailer guy does. Like, yeah. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Well, he, any film he was in, you can watch and you can just almost like mimic what he does. So like, I just enjoyed like mimicking him and then almost creating like lines he, you would think he would say. Yeah. And so I could back that up or the best thing I could do. Because I found it funny. I thought if I found it funny, then maybe there's a chance I could go on. Like, I enjoy doing it, so maybe there's a chance I could become a writer. And then I sort of realised that the main two ways to start writing for things is either A, go to uni that has like a good night, like in Cambridge or something that's equally as fancy, yeah. or B, become a stand up. And as I've only got one GCSE, and you can't lie about those when you want to go to uni, yeah. you need A levels anyway, but yeah. can't lie about that either. No, no. Um, stand up as the I need real options. I know there's other ways to get into writing jobs and like sending scripts and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I think the BBC have got a yeah, writing, a writing, pro, a writing program kind of thing. Yeah, I've seen because I did read up and stuff like that, but then I just started thinking about stand up and I started writing. And I think I hit a point where I was like, I'm actually, I went a couple of open mic nights yeah. in Sydney, I was living in Australia, and I shout myself like 700 times a night, like. That's a lot of times, isn't it? Mate, you but genuinely sat this no, 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 but that's how it felt. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah. And I'd go to like a gig and I think, because sometimes they might have good space and I say, does anyone want to come up? And then I'll be like, yeah, I'll come up. And then once it's coming to a point where they might ask, my heart's like fucking pounding and unfold. But then a year later, I went to Auckland and I'd written some more material, not a lot, but some more. And they've got like the classic comedy club mm-hmm. and it has some raw nights. So it's like an open mic night every Monday. And I started going to that. And I think that's how everyone gets into stand-up at some point. Yeah. They go, they watch someone do not well and you're like, well, I can do that. I can I can not make people laugh for five minutes yes, and, and do it on the stage. So <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing that happens. Yeah. I can do that. So like I've uh, actively wrote a five minute set and then applied to do it and I got my mum. Then I had a month to remember the set and you know people write stuff on their hand. Yeah. Like I didn't just write because they'll write like keywords to remember the jokes. I wrote the key word for like every sentence. Really? To the point that my entire arm was covered with words. <laughs> and that was my first ever joke. Was something along the lines of uh, um, like, I think I've got like a nice tattoo. <laughs> that, yeah, and that. But uh, yeah, it started in Auckland. It had nothing to do with uh, like cancer or any issues. Okay. I was eventually wanting to start writing. Because I didn't really want to be like famous. I think that's yeah. one thing that put me off doing stand up. So I'm yeah. famous. But then the more I've done stand-up, the more I've enjoyed it. Yeah. And you actually don't get to be to do stand-up. No, you don't. Which you're not aware of when you first start out. Because, well, like, when you, when you first, well, before you start out, or before you even thought about doing stand-up, you are only really aware of about 10 to 20 comedians. Yeah. Like, yeah. when really, 
there's fucking thousands of us. Like, there's absolutely, it's heaving. Yeah. Like, there's hundreds in London a lot. You just go to clubs to club, and if that's what you're enjoying, you, you don't have to be on telly. Yeah, that's it. I think once I'd done it, I was open to the idea that, like, if I'm ever good enough to become famous, yeah. then I would take that on the chin for becoming a better comedian. I think. Because the first time I'd done it, I was like, I love this. Like, yeah. Writing the jokes, telling the jokes, working like when you first. Because nowadays, when you like write a new joke, you sandwich it in between other jokes, like yeah. just to try and see how it does. But that's probably like, other than the odd time where you will just do like an entire new set, that's probably the one of the few times where you're going up every single joke you've never done before. Mm. And you don't even have like a base point for, well, this is funny, so and this is a bit like that. Like, you just have, I don't know if any of this is funny. Yeah. And so the thrill of like going up and oh, that got a laugh and that feels good and like yeah, I just like things straight away. I like figuring out why it got a laugh. Yeah, I've never really thought that. That's, that's like a very good thing to think if you want to become better, yeah. better comedian. I've never done. I'm like a measure of laugh. I measure yeah. laugh. Yeah. Like if I go through my set, I will listen to the same set through all these different nights. Yeah. And I'll roughly work out like, okay, that's a good night, decent laugh. That's not that great of a night, so the last one is great, so just remember that when you're listening yeah. to that. Yeah. And I would like one to five the last each joke got roughly on each night. Yeah. And then I'd have like, all right, well these are fours and fives, so very good. These are like twos and threes, so maybe less than twos. But I wouldn't think so much in there's not so much change in the joke it's like was it something that we did specifically with our tone of voice or with our facial expression that made the audience connect with us a little bit better connect with us yeah. a bit better and that's still like changing it, isn't it? Like, a little bit yeah, yeah like, even anything whether it's changing the world or changing how you say it it's yeah like, mm. like, I've only decided to learn that being more like uh, Animated. Yeah, on stage, gets a better laugh out of jokes. Yeah, like. And putting it into practice as well. Because you forget about, like, there are some obvious things you just completely forget about when you're yeah. just, like, focused on doing something. And, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get a bit more animated now. I think, like, when I first. You're doing a lot of it now, to be fair. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're being very visual. Yeah, but always because of. <laughs> you know when you talk and you're focusing on something, it's like you can't see? Yeah. Because you're thinking that's what's happening. With like, I'm actually doing sign language. You could say, uh, yeah. It's not actual sign language. It's taking pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, technically, well, it is because you're talking with yeah, your hands. Yeah. yeah. And when you're doing things like, well, just the more visual you are, the more people are likely to connect with you. That's what I found for me personally, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because if you're sitting there with a straight face. Yeah. And your voice is like the same level, like no one's really gonna connect with that. Unless you've got fucking amazing writing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, unless you know that's what makes your jokes work. Yeah. But most people do that just do it because they're nervous. Yeah. They've never. Or they fit. Yeah. Or yeah. They're even nervous. Or they've seen a comedian like that on TV. Yes. And so they're trying to copy that comedian. Yeah. Yeah. But like now. I'm, yeah, I'm learning to get like bigger laughs out of trying to be more expressive. But it's like when you first start out, so you're either like a writer or you're a performer. 
and eventually you've got to like be in the middle of that. Yeah. So I was always like a writer, like the heaviest one in the WC, yeah. writing in that was square. But like going out and performing, I'd stand still as much as I could. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know the precise, you start and like it feels like your hands are shaking. Yeah. If you're up on the stage and you're there, you're performing, but then you've got like that. It's like a, when you're, your jokes are like a backing track that's just coming out. Yeah. Like, you know, it works for work. And then you've got your head thinking and you're like, Oh, can they see my hand shaking? Like, can the person in front of me see my hand shaking? So, like, you're trying to like grip the microphone harder. And then I, I use the mic stand as like a standpoint to like uh, center myself on stage, so I'm not all over the place. But then that in itself, if you just stood there, very stiff, no emotions, looking like you don't want to be there, and then expecting it to go with us. Yeah, like there's nothing worse than a comedian. There's nothing worse for an audience member than watching a comedian that doesn't want to be there because if yeah. you don't want to be, if the comedian doesn't want to be there, you don't want to watch that from the comedian. Yeah, and especially not when they're the fucking tenth comedian yeah. and it's ten o'clock at night. Yeah. And and then you're going up like, why didn't they laugh? What like? You know what? You find out why they didn't laugh up because you didn't put the required effort into yeah. drawing the laugh out. I'm not gonna lie. Last night I was at, I was at a gig and I almost felt like I didn't want to. Um, I didn't. I almost felt like I didn't want to be there because for whatever reason I was a bit later than usual. And when I go to gigs, I like to be there like 45, oh, yeah. like 45 minutes yeah. to about 45 minutes to an hour before the gig starts, so you can be there when the audience, so when the audience is coming in, and when and you can get a feel for the room properly, blah blah. blah. But for whatever reason, last night. I couldn't do. I couldn't. Do, I was made. I was made late. So I got there um, and I went outside for a cigarette and um, had to really center myself. I was like, right, do you know what? That's happened now. Your mates with the promoter. These people, and it was a fucking packed room as well. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, it was Laugh Able, Mark Burkett's on that. Mark Burkett's on that. Where does he do that? He does it uh, in Ilford, man. Ilford. Is that where he's from? Yeah. Oh, no, he uh, does like. Healing comedy. The healing in healing. Yeah. He doesn't run it. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I've seen him there. That's yeah. a fucking trick. Yeah. Healing's good. Yeah. But honestly, get on that night. Yeah. Because you'll get on because you've yeah. got um, hearing this. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's it. Um, but yeah, I went there and I, uh, I just said, right. Your mates are the promoter, and these people want to hear, want to, want to be entertained by you. Yeah. Get over yourself, you prick. Yeah. And I did, and it was yeah. a fucking great. I got my first applause break. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm patting myself on the back for this. Yeah. I got my first ever applause break in like a year, in like nearly two years, and yeah. I was like, holy shit, I don't know what to do now. And that's like, that's, I was listening to someone talk about this on a podcast, and it's like, you know, when you tell a joke and you expect a certain laugh from it, and that laugh is actually like a segue to the next joke for yeah. you, not the audience, but for you. So when you don't get that joke, or you get more than what you got, you've lost the segue. So then you don't have to like rely on your head to like seamlessly transition. Yeah. But what you end up doing is just saying something that like makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So like your your sad joke, it doesn't get the laugh, and you'll be like, yeah, so um, that was that was good. <laughs> and it adds nothing to it adds nothing to nothing. And that's the thing. So you get like too much of a laugh, and you're like, oh, this is great. And, like, how do I how do I go on to the next bit? Yeah. I was but, I was really thrown. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, because the thing what I said usually works. Yeah. But. Not really. 
it really fucking worked last night and i got and i'm trying to figure out what it was that made it work so well that night yeah that night with that particular audience yeah but yeah that's that's it's all in the fun really isn't it about figuring this out this is like like, i'd say the best part about being a comedian if like if you could see your life was going on to being like i don't know like a Netflix sort of top earning comedian. Yeah. Obviously, this part wouldn't be the best part, but it's great in that. I think you know from Mike, sometimes you look forward too much and you're like, okay, I'll just do this until I get paid. I do this until at least I can do it for free. Yeah. But you stop enjoying like the. They're just being in a room with like 20, 30 people. Yeah. Someone's just gone, here's a mic, say whatever you want. Yeah. And like, okay, you might have got paid for it, and you've got to travel back an hour and a half to wherever you live. But like, you, the enjoyment is still there. Yeah. But you, like, because you're looking ahead and you're thinking, oh, I've got to do all these loads of mics and I. So that's the end of part one of my conversation with Danny Field. If you like what you heard, Click up again and play part two. See you there.